2: Welcome into another edition of the 5 Reasons Podcast. My name is Chris Whittingham, joined as always by Ethan Skolnick. You can find all the work that we're doing here in the 5 Reasons Sports Network at our website, 5 Sports.com, where you have written content. You can see all of our podcasts as well, 15 in the network covering all the major professional and college sports teams that you care about. And today we're going to be covering the Miami Marlins, so we should highlight that we are covering the Miami Marlins with our Swings and Mishes podcast, certainly covering their poor play at the moment, winning only about 25% of their games have been shut out, I believe, nine times on the year. But we're actually here to talk about the bright spot for the Miami Marlins this year, which has broadly been their pitching, not being as bad as maybe the rest of the team would indicate, uh, but also, more specifically, their ace. Their ace has been Caleb Smith. He has been dubbed Dr. K by some, and he is a player that was not really expected to be at this level of pitching. He's 27 years old, made his Major League debut at 25, going through the Yankees and Cubs organizations. He was not really one of the top prospects in baseball America or by any of the magazines, and yet here we are uh, in 2019 after he was a 16th-round draft pick and gone through the minor leagues. He is a top pitcher, the ace, undeniably, and not just an ace in the sense of he's their best pitcher on a bad team. No, he is an ace by any acceptable standard era fielding independent pitching whip however it is you associate eighth, ace level pitching caleb smith meets those standards he's been terrific for the miami marlins this year so we had the chance to get down to marlins park and talk with the ace of the staff caleb smith but first let's hear a word from one of our sponsors We'll get back to today's episode in a second. But first, I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the Five Reason Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855 855- 5,000 Law LAW, they handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention five reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for $44.99 with a new 15,000 square foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. OneCallLegal.com or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer Mayburg, a proud sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Joined now by the Miami Marlins ace, Caleb Smith, who's kind of joining to join us here on the podcast, having a tremendous season. Caleb, we appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we wanted to start just in general with a, with a big picture look of how this has happened for you. I mean, you, you're a player that um, came up into the majors at age 25 and now at 27. You're dominating right now. You're, you're, you're pitching incredibly well. What for you has been the biggest force around your turnaround or your breakthrough or whatever it is you want to call it? Uh, Just filling up the zone, really uh, throwing all my pitches
1: for strikes. Whenever I first got here, they they pointed out to me. I was, I mean, I was walking a lot of people, and they pointed out that my stuff plays in the zone, Uh, get a lot of swing and misses. So I I was before I was kind of nibbling at the strike zone, not wanting to uh, get hit hard. And uh, I mean, that's that's ultimately been the key is attacking the strike zone and uh, letting my pitches work for me
3: when you were with the the Cubs and the Yankees um did were when they were sort of evaluating where you were as a pitcher is that ever something that was suggested to you was it ever something that you kind of noticed that your approach in that in that that maybe your stuff was good enough but your approach to how you how you went about it had to change a little bit
1: um well I've, I've never really been that type of pitcher to to like work around the strike zone in the minor leagues I've always gone right after guys and uh I mean, I kind of got away from that whenever I got called up. Uh, I guess it was just nerves or something, but I'm, I'm not sure. But I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get back to where I was.
3: And, and as far as the, the repertoire of pitches that you developed, um, take us through that a little bit from, from growing up. I know born in Texas, but kind of as you were sort of developing sort of the way you wanted to attack hitters, tell us sort of about how all of your different pitches kind of came to be. Um, well, I've always, I've always thought of myself as, as like a power pitcher, um,
1: and even like in high school, and college, I mean, I've never really had um, the plus plus velocity, but I've always, I've always known that uh, hitters don't see my fastball very well. So that's always that's always helped me. And um, I mean, I never, I was always a fastball changeup guy. My changeup was always my best secondary pitch. Uh, it had a lot of had a lot of bottom to it, uh, a lot of fade, and uh, I never really had a breaking ball until um, I guess I went to the Cubs in the Rule 5 draft. They started working with me on that, and uh, it really came along for me in that I stopped throwing my change-up as, as much to work on my slider, and
2: that really took over the like my best off-speed pitch. And now you're such a strikeout pitcher. I mean, you, you, you get so many, and I believe some, some fans are calling you Dr. K. Um, and in terms of not having that, high speed velocity you mentioned the the inability to see the fastballs but in terms of being a strikeout pitcher without throwing 99 100 which seems to be the way that most pitchers go about it now how do you go about being a strikeout pitcher without really having that level of strength
1: um i don't know um it's just i guess that that is my deception plays a lot into it and uh i mean i i know that they don't really see my fastball well like i like i was saying earlier and uh I mean, I've I've never really been a, like a analytics in the analytics thing, but I've I've heard that I had have, have a pretty good spin rate and all that, so that that helps out too. And and I've always I've always struggled to work down in the strike zone. I'm I'm better at it now. I can go down whenever I want, but uh, I've always noticed that whenever I elevate uh, my fastball like in the strike zone, hitters don't hit it that much. So that that's that's what works for me. Uh,
2: now, as I, I try to elevate my fastball, and they swing through it. So that that element of deception is interesting because you're saying that it's difficult to see to the naked eye. Me watching baseball, I don't know how that happens or what in your delivery. How, how do you go about creating that deception, and what wh- and and how does that affect hitters? Um, honestly, I have
1: no clue. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what I do to. To put the deception in there, but the hitters, hitters tell me whenever I talk to them, they just say, I don't, I don't see your fastball until it's right on me. Like, I, I just can't see it. They can't see. Uh, they can't pick up spin well. I don't, I, I don't know what it is.
3: <laughs> Did you ever, uh, I mean, you weren't that old before you got to the majors, like Chris mentioned, 25. But was there ever a moment when you started to think to yourself, I don't know if it's going to happen for me the way that I expected it to happen?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I don't think it hap- ever happens the way people expect it to happen. Um, I had my son. My son's two and a half. Uh, right when he was born, I was I was in Double uh, A with the uh, Trenton Thunder and with the Yankees organization. And and uh, right whenever I had him, I was like, all right, this is going to be my last year. I mean, because minor leagues, you don't make you make ten grand. That's not enough to support a family. And uh, fortunately, fortunately for me. Um, I was able to get Rule 5 that year, so that that got me a little bit more money and, and allowed me to play a little bit longer. So, I mean, if, if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be here today.
3: So, how were you? Okay, so you're making 10 grand in the minor leagues in Trenton, which I've been to that stadium in Trenton. It's not New York City, but it's not the yeah. cheapest place <laughs> to live. Uh, so, how are you living? Where are you going? Are you going to Applebee's every night? Like, what's the. I mean, <laughs> um, no, I mean,
1: we, we lived in like a two bedroom apartment with like five people. Like, we had three people in in uh the living room, and we all slept on blow up mattresses i mean it was it was rough, but i mean it was it was fun it was a good experience i wouldn't want to go back to that but uh um i mean I would take food home from the field and that would be that would be my like my dinner and all that so and and breakfast so
3: and fed everybody else basically. So, so, your son, you said your son was two and a half at the time.
1: No, he's two and, oh, two and, a, half and a half
3: now. now. Yeah. Okay, so he just was born. So he yeah, he's he was just born. Yeah. So, so, he's in the crib in the living room? He's in. You said you had a 2 2. He's just, uh, what's, well, whenever, what's he there?
1: Whenever uh, he was first born, uh, him, my son, and my girlfriend stayed back in Texas for the rest of that season. So, um, I mean, that, and so they weren't with me in Trenton at that time, but whenever I went to the, Whenever I got Rule Five, they went to the Cubs. They went with me, and I mean, I was getting big league new money then, so that helped out a lot.
2: And in terms of other life in the minor league things, you mentioned the two and two, but I, I, you hear great stories, and I've, I've read a book about you know minor league baseball anecdotes. Do you have one or two that you remember that life that maybe you said it was fun, but I don't know if I necessarily want to be back there again? Uh, I mean, I got I
1: got plenty of stories. I don't know if any are, uh, are appropriate to tell. <laughs> it's a podcast. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell whatever you want. <laughs> um, I mean, I just I got so many. I can't I can't even think one off the top of my head. Um, uh, I, um, <laughs> let's see. I think it was I think it was I was in Trenton. I uh, no, it was Charleston. The low eight, the low eight team. Uh, we went out. I, I was starting the night before. I was probably shouldn't have done this, but. We went out and uh, had had a little too much fun, and uh, I missed the bus to go to Hickory that day, and I was starting that day, so I had to drive. I think it was like six hours. Like, I had to take my. So you truck. Had, like scramble like a hertz yeah. or something like that. And- yeah, uh, like it was it was bad. It was a bad deal. So I got in trouble. Uh, luckily, I I went out and and I think I threw like seven innings maybe one run I, I did pretty good so they, they weren't that mad after that
3: <laughs> so, so that yeah that's the way to erase everything is to go go for one run in seven innings um hold on I just want to say, we'll just stop so uh one of the things that we heard again we mentioned I mentioned that uh, Craig Mish is in our network so I asked him for a couple of tidbits he might be able to share about you um one thing that he said is that you kind of work yourself into a little bit of a frenzy before you go to the mound is that right you get kind of mad you, you put yourself in a different space how does that work
1: uh, uh honestly i get I, I drink a lot of red bull and a
3: uh, pre-workout but uh, i mean i try to i try to stay this show is sponsored by better help what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day go for a run take a nap maybe check the stats of the latest miami heat game i've got a better idea a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time the question is time for what if time was unlimited to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Miami Heat.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: I try to stay relaxed throughout the day. And then, like, whenever I step on the mound, it's, I mean, it's its all business. I'm going out there and I'm, I'm trying to win battles and I'm trying to beat everybody. I'm trying to, I'm literally trying to strike out everybody
3: is that a, that approach that you're trying to strike at everybody because sometimes i mean we've had a lot of power pitchers here and we were talking about some beforehand some yeah. guys have come through here like a matt lidstrom they threw 101 miles an hour or whatever mm-hmm. and they went out with the approach of trying to strike out everybody and sometimes they were told don't go out with that approach because if you try to take that approach that sometimes that backfires on you a little bit but that is the mindset that that you have it's not necessarily okay maybe you know we, we've got a runner on first and we want to you know hit the ball to the right side and get pick up two. i mean is every batter you're thinking strike this guy out
1: i mean every every batter i'm i'm thinking strike this guy out um i mean if i get a ground ball double play there's a runner on first i get a ground double double play like that's i'm fine with that but i mean if i have a guy with two strikes and i don't i don't punch his ticket i'm i'm pretty upset with myself
2: so we talked about the less less glamorous moments. Do you have one or two that you remember about glamorous moments, or you know, major league debut, first time pitching in Yankee Stadium or Wrigley or these sort of hallowed grounds? Do you have one or two that maybe, you know, when 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 grandkids eventually come, you'll be telling about th- those times and those memories?
1: Uh, I don't. I think I have a, a maybe a least glamorous moment. Uh, my first start in Yankee Stadium. Uh, I mean, there was it was packed house, and uh, <laughs> I think the first the first batter of the game, I gave up a home or two, and like the whole stadium just started booing me, and it was the oh, worst. No. It was the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's I mean that's Yankees fans. So I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's right. what they do. Yeah. It's almost a badge of honor. Yeah, that they way, they, yeah. they love you when you're doing good, and they hate you when you're doing bad. So
3: what was your reaction um, to? The trade. What, 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 I mean, you find Derek Jeter's here, and you know it's not a trade that got a lot of headlines. There was some international money involved. It was not. It was not the Yellich trade. It was not the Stanton trade. It was not one of the ones that got sort of all the attention down here. How did you find out? What did you think? When did you talk to Derek? How, how did all that kind of play out?
1: Um, well, Cashman Cashman called me whenever it happened. I, I kind of expected it because I wasn't. Uh, I, I thought I was either going to get DFA'd or, or traded, honestly, because I mean I wasn't really a high prospect for them. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was somebody that they had in in uh, their plans to keep around. And um, I'm sorry, that's kind of throwing me off. I <laughs> uh, wasn't somebody that I thought they had in their plans to keep around. So I kind of figured it was coming. Uh, but when they called me and told me. Um, I knew it was a great opportunity for me, and I knew i would I would have a legitimate opportunity to thrive in the big leagues.
2: How much of that hierarchy exists in the minor leagues where it 's like the fancied prospects get you know either preferential treatment or maybe you know the the players that don 't come in with you know first round pedigree or didn 't come in a major trade aren 't you know thought of in the same way or almost not even judged on the merits of their performances
1: um, I feel like that happens a lot honestly. Um, um, higher prospects, I mean obviously they have a lot more money invested into them, so they um i mean they i guess have the right to want to, to work. Yeah, yeah to get more opportunities than you because they have they um, they're more of an investment than the lower draft picks and the guys that got a thousand dollars or however much in in the draft so i mean I feel like that that plays a lot into it, and I feel like i was I was kind of overlooked. With with the Yankees, so it was it was
2: super disappointing. And and now that you're a major league pitcher, not just a major league pitcher, but I mean you're the ace of this team. You're you're the you're the guy that goes out every five days, and there's an ex- expectation that you're going to pitch well. Um, how have how has your mentality shifted? And obviously, you try and strike everyone out, so that that's pretty clear. But uh, in terms of you know having a little bit of that, I don't want to say burden, but that expectation now that you're going to be a strong major league pitcher every time you step on the mound.
1: I mean, I think. I think that's everybody's goal as a starting pitcher to to be the ace of the team. Um, I mean, you don't you don't want to come to a rotation and be like the third, fourth, or fifth guy. And I mean, it's not a knock on on the third, fourth, or fifth guy, but everybody everybody that's in the rotation wants to be the ace. And um, I mean, I've I've just been fortunate enough to go out there and put some
3: put a string of good games together. You don't. I mean, it's obvious you haven't had a ton of run support this year. It's. I mean, obviously teams struggled to score and still trying to find their way. Does that change your approach as a pitcher? Again, we get back to trying to strike everybody out. But I mean, you, but you go to the mound probably knowing you may not get the runs that say they may get in Boston or some other places around them, or the or LA or some other places around the majors. Do you feel like? I mean, I'm going back to like yesterday. Like you give you know early on, you know gave a couple do you do you feel does it that put any kind of a stress on you do you have to approach it differently when you don't know how many you're going to get in the bank
1: um no I, it it honestly doesn't affect me that much because I'm going out there every every time I step on that mound my expectation is to go 9 innings no runs like i i expect to throw zeros up there i hold my i hold myself to a very high standard and uh, i think i think you have to if you want to be great at this game and um i mean it, it doesn't – like I've said this before, it doesn't matter to me if we're up by 10 runs or down by 10 runs. I'm going out there and I'm having the same mentality uh, right when I step on the mound. I'm, I'm not giving it to anybody and I'm going right after you.
3: G- give me an occasion because it sounds like you do hold yourself to that standard and sometimes people hold themselves to that standard. It's hard for them to be satisfied with themselves. G- give me an example of a time you've pitched in the past. I know you had the injury last year and have had to come back from it, but in the past uh, year plus with the Marlins – that you were happy. You, you came out of a, a game and you're like, that is what I want. I, I did what I set out to do today. Do you ever get to that point?
1: Um, I haven't yet. Really? I haven't gotten to that point yet. It's not a perfect game yet, so how could it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, when I, when I go a complete game uh, with no runs, I'll, I'll be happy. But but that, but, that but, but,
2: but but that doesn't even happen anymore in Major right. League Baseball. Like even if you were rolling to that degree, <laughs> I mean if you had 101 pitches, you wouldn't even be afforded the opportunity. Um,
1: I I think I think uh, they'll give me the chance eventually if if my pitch count if I keep my pitch count down and uh, I think they'll give me the opportunity to do that.
2: You mentioned the analytics and and the spin rates and things like that. How much do you incorporate? You know. Detailed scouting reports, not just you know it doesn't hit high end, you know high, high end outside, um, but film review. I mean, there's so much information that is available uh, to every major league baseball player now. How much information do you uh, incorporate into your approach?
1: Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of information out there. So I feel like if if you go, there's no excuse for you to go into a game and not be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much information on everybody. Um, so what what my thing is, I go, I have. I try to find a, a similar left-handed pitcher like me, and then I go back and look at their outing against that team. And I go through there and see what they're what they're swinging at, what their tendencies are, uh, first pitch swinging, um, who's who's chasing what. And I mean, that's that's basically what I look for. All
3: right. So, what nickname do you want? Because because uh, uh, obviously obviously your profile is going to increase here. I don't know how comfortable you are with that. I don't know if you're someone who is going to be comfortable getting. Recognized with a certain <laughs> nickname everywhere you go. Are you? I guess. Do you want that? Do you um, want that kind of I mean, in? It, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I, Dr. K is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll take it. All right. Well, that was. Have you asked Dwight Gooden on that one yet? Because that you got to go back a little ways. Well, that's before uh, your time. Yeah, you guys are too haven't. young for me. <laughs> All right, Caleb Smith. We really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, best of luck this. Uh, best of luck to you this season. And and hopefully we get a chance to do it again. Thanks for having me.
2: We'll get back to you today's episode of the Five Reasons Podcast in a second. But first, we want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that is Doral Toyota. Doral Toyota, where you can find all your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. I've been there before. It is a fantastic location. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons when you call 305 680-1129 680-1129 or come in the dealership. You will work with a dedicated manager, not a salesman. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go, Doral Toyota.
3: I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network, and that is ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment, anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery, call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while, call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, 1-800-264-4644. That's 1-800-264-4644, or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone. I wish, look, I wish they'd they'd had this when I was going to college. This would have been great for me. I needed to get my car down from Baltimore to Florida. I ended up taking the auto train. You don't want to take the auto train. Ship your car, fly.
2: No job too big or too small. Ship your car now. Moves it all. So again, our thanks to Caleb Smith for joining us here on the podcast. If you want to check out our baseball coverage here in the Five Reason Sports Network, again, swings and misses is where you go, as well as our Spanish language co- coverage at Cinco Razones, where Alejandro Villegas, Ricardo Montes de Oca, and Leandro Soto have you covered in Spanish language. A lot on baseball, but plenty on other South Florida sports as well. They're also doing a lot of great work in Spanish in written form for our website, 5 So check us out. Until next week, You've been listening to the 5 Reasons Sports Podcast.
0: Thank you
1: for listening to the 5 Reasons Podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it